Hey there, I'm Travis Albritton, host of the Practical Christian Podcast, and I want to tell you about my new book, Small Group Leader Secrets. Apathy is the enemy of every small group leader. When people don't care, they aren't invested. And when they aren't invested, you end up having to do everything. You may even doubt yourself and wonder if you have what it takes to lead effectively. The secret to leading a thriving small group is knowing how to get everyone involved so that you aren't the one doing all the work. In the book, I break down the seven principles that will make or break your small group. You'll learn things like how to get everyone on the same page, how to craft great discussions in minutes, not hours, and how to build deep and lasting relationships within your group. You don't have to settle for a mediocre small group. Learn how to lead a thriving small group and become everyone's favorite leader. To learn more and to pre-order Small Group Leader Secrets, just go to the website smallgroupleadersecrets.com. And now, on with the show. This is episode number 96, and on today's edition of Fan Friday, I'm answering a question from Andrea. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher, and every day we'll dive into the tips tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical Christian training. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another Friday episode of the Practical Christian Podcast. Have I said that these are my favorite episodes? (laughs) If I haven't, then uh, they are. (laughs) They are definitely my favorite episodes. Um, Before we jump in real quick, uh, today is the last day to pre-order my book and get the free uh, online course that comes with it. So if you've been listening to these uh, little bumpers at the beginning of the episodes and wonder, you know, is this the time to pull the trigger? The answer is yes, because if you pre-order by midnight tonight, Eastern Standard Time, you're also getting a $97 online course that I've never released before, and uh, that perfectly complements what I talk about in my new book. And if you're wondering to yourself, you know, Travis, I really like these podcast episodes. I've been getting a lot out of them. I've learned a lot, and you've really helped me. And I want to say thank you. A great way for you to say thank you is to pre-order this book, because it not only helps me know how much this has helped you, but you have a little memento, something that you can continue your spiritual learning in a practical way. And maybe if you're not even a leader, you can share it with your leader, your small group leader, your ministry leader, to tell them how much they mean to you. So go to smallgroupleadersecrets.com to go and pre-order your copy. And uh, and yeah, do it before it's too late. But uh, today, we are here to talk about you. And so our super fan of the week this week is Carl Justice. Carl left a review in Apple Podcast talking about the podcast, and this is what he said. He said, really enjoy the podcast, man. He's, he's my kind of dude. Says man after everything. I love how down to earth you are and how people can pretty much relate to any topic discussed regardless of where they're at in their walk with God. Keep bringing the truth. Much love, bro. Well, thanks, Carl, for that those encouraging words. And if you want to be uh, highlighted as a super fan of the week, all you got to do is leave a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It helps the show, and you might get some uh, get your five seconds of fame there. Now, our question of the week comes from Andrea, and Andrea asks, it's kind of a three-in-one question, and it has three answers, but it is a really, really good question, so I thought we should talk about it. 
Andrea asks, what does the Bible say about our soul? What role does it play in our lives and what happens to our soul after we die? Now, those are three really deep questions, but we're going to go for it, all right? We're going we're gonna to give it our, our good, a good old college try. All right, so, so let's answer these questions one at a time. Um, first one, what does the Bible say about our soul? Well, the Bible says a lot of things about your soul. Typically, uh, whenever it talks about your soul, it's paired or closely linked to your heart, right? So thinking about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, or heart and soul. Those are very closely linked ideas, and that's because uh, the word for that gets translated as soul, especially the Greek word, which is psyche, translates as life slash soul. And that's different than the Greek word for just like being alive. That's a different kind of life. And so your soul, you can think about it as the core of your nature as a spiritual being and physical form. All right, that is your soul. It is, it is the centermost part of who you are as a spiritual being that lives in a physical body. And so your soul is the part of yourself that extends beyond your physical life. You can kind of think of it as is kind of like how God created us in his image, that he created us with a soul that, it, that goes on, that lives on beyond our lives on this earth, and that we have a spiritual component to our identity as people. That while you have arms and legs and a, and a beating heart and a brain and a character and a personality, you also have a soul. You also, there's a piece of you that is, in the, uh, that is alive and exists in a spiritual sense, not just in a physical sense, in a way that we can uh, understand and perceive with our physical senses. So that's what the Bible says about our soul. Now, what role does it play in our lives? Well, having a soul... Having an existence that extends beyond our life on earth gives us perspective about how we should live, all right? Just the mere existence of a soul that goes on after you die is huge. And uh, there's a couple of verses I want to talk about. The first one's from Jesus. And in Matthew 10, verse 28, he talks about uh, the soul. He says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. So these are two different things, your body and your soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so here, he's saying, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of what people think about your faith. You know, be bold, be courageous, stand up for God, because all they can do is kill your body. They might kill you, but they don't have the power to kill your soul. And so, you know, as Christians, we are engaged in this spiritual battle over the fate of souls, our own souls, and the souls of the people around us. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul paints this really cool picture about the armor of God, and he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the things that we can see and perceive and that are around us, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we are living and existing in a plane of existence that's uh, bound by the four dimensions, right? So you have uh, space and time, three dimensions of space and time. But on top of that, layered on top of that, there is a spiritual realm. There are beings, authorities, powers that exist in the spiritual realm that are interacting with us in the physical world. 
And so when we're going and sharing our faith, when we're helping people become Christians, when we're sharing the gospel, we're engaging in a type of warfare that has impact in that spiritual realm. And so as we are living our day-to-day lives, it's not just about waking up, going to work, making a living so we can pay bills, that what we do has an effect on the spiritual world that we can't see. And so having a soul means that not only are we involved in that fight, and not only are we trying to help people save their own souls so they don't go to hell, but uh, you know the soul should come to define our perspective, that we live life understanding that it's not just about this life, that we have a life that we're looking forward to, that we're working towards, that we're yearning for, and that this world is not our home, that ultimately our home as Christians is in heaven one day, all right? So that's the answer to the second question. The third question, what happens to our soul after we die? All right. So here's the, here's the quick and dirty room, uh, version. So when you die, you go to a spiritual waiting room. All right. Think about the waiting room at the doctor's office. Kind of like that. In the Old Testament, this idea was called Sheol. That's the, uh, the Old Testament idea. And then the New Testament, it's called Hades. And that's often translated incorrectly as hell. Uh, or, or more generally as hell, but there's actually several different words in the Greek, in the New Testament, that all get translated as hell. And so that can be a little confusing when you're reading the Bible and you're not sure what it's referring to. It's easy to come up with some false doctrines. So, so there is a spiritual waiting room that we all go to. And in that waiting room, there are two different seating areas. There's Tartarus. You think about tartar like in your teeth? Tartarus. And that is for the unsaved and fallen angels. That's what the Bible teaches. And then for those that are waiting to enter heaven, that seating area is called paradise or Abraham's bosom. And uh, Jesus actually talks about this waiting room. He talks about Hades in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, which is in the New Testament. But uh, when you read that story about the rich man and Lazarus, understand that Jesus is telling it for the moral implications of the story. He's not describing it. He's not saying this is what it is like as far as, you know, how big it is, what it's like to be there, um, who all is there in each... Like, like that's not the point of that story, but it does give us a unique insight into what it could be like being in those seating areas, being in Tartarus and being in Paradise. And so... So when you die, that's where you go. That's where your soul goes. And your eternal fate at that point has been decided. Once you die on earth, that's it. You're either in Tartarus waiting to go to hell or you're in paradise waiting to get into heaven. And so there's no purgatory. There's no, there's no second chance. There's no redeeming yourself at that point. Your fate has been sealed at that point. But uh, curious enough, no one is in heaven or hell right now. And that's because neither place exists in its final form until after Judgment Day, until after Jesus comes back to redeem the saved and to bring us into a new Jerusalem. So heaven and hell don't yet exist in the way that we think about them, and no one is in either place. When you die, you go to the waiting room, the spiritual waiting room, to wait until Jesus comes back and Judgment Day takes place. And if you are curious to learn more about what happens after you die, there's a fantastic book I would recommend from Douglas Jacoby, who is a uh, well-known and well-respected Bible teacher called What Happens After We Die. 
fitting, right? To learn more, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that book. So hopefully that was very insightful for you if you've had some of these questions. And if you want to submit your own question for the podcast, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and you might get featured on a future episode of Fan Friday. And how cool would that be? But that is it for today. Make sure to smash that subscribe button to get daily practical tips just like this one. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts for your chance to get a shout out as the super fan of the week. And make sure to head over to the podcast Facebook group to connect with me and help decide future episode topics. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. I'm Travis Albritton, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.